0: Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Tuesday, February the 8th, it's Ian Cameron, Andrew McGuinness with you as we're ready for a Tuesday NHL card. We were hoping for the return of Alex B. Smith. Hopefully he shows up, we'll see, but he's feeling a little under the weather. He said he'd try to make it on with us, so we'll hopefully get Alex on at some point during the show. But we're ready for a Tuesday night uh, in the NHL, looking forward to breaking down these games from a betting perspective and a much bigger card. Obviously we had two games last night, kind of like an appetizer. Although one game was, you know, definitely playoff caliber and uh, that Carolina Toronto game, I'll say it right now. It was a terrific hockey game uh, both teams. It could have gone either way. Uh, the Leafs end up finding a way in overtime, a two goal game for Mitch Marner. Uh, we all liked his uh, shots on goal prop to the over. Once again, the goal score prop that I also took with it, uh, Marner cashed at plus two fifty with that, Uh, tying goal he scored. And then, of course, he got the uh, game winner uh, in overtime. Uh, A nice win for the Leafs where, look, they took a punch and they punched back. And at playoff time, that's the question we're going to ask ourselves about the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, are they going to be capable of taking a punch and punching back? Or are they going to take a punch and just curl up into the fetal position, which they've done yeah. multiple years past in the uh, playoffs? So, But that's a good sign, responding to adversity. That's the, something this franchise has not done for 54, 55 years. <laughs> so let's see if uh, that's a sign of things to come for them at playoff time last night with that uh, overtime win. Because, look, they got behind. They took the lead late in the second. And then Carolina ties it and goes up 3-2. And you think, uh-oh, here we go with Toronto again. Uh, But the Leafs found a way, persevered, uh, tied it up, and then won it in overtime. Great hockey game. If you're Carolina, though, you're a little pissed about the officiating in that game. You you have a right to be a little bit. seemed like there was uh, not a lot of – and look, this is not the first time Brenda Moore has been upset with the referees. He has been – there's playoff games last year, two years ago, where he felt, hey, we didn't get a – barely got one or two power plays in the game, and he would let – uh, the officials know about it on the ice and then in the post-game press conference. And you certainly saw that last night. was not very happy with some of the non-calls uh, that ended up going against his team last night. But uh, nevertheless, we'll uh, give the Leafs credit for a good win. And then in the other game, Ottawa taking care of uh, business against New Jersey. This poor Devils team actually played pretty decently in the game last night. They carried the play for parts of that game. But problem is they didn't find the back of the net and their own goaltending. Again, it's tough. You know, when you got to trot out, uh, Akira Schmids of the world and Nico Dawes and John Gillies every night, you know, you're going to have a very difficult time winning. And these guys have just not stepped up to the plate and given you NHL caliber goaltending at this point in time, Ottawa taking advantage with a four to one win. Uh, Andrew, just some thoughts from you uh, on the uh, two games from last night. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that as much as I give shit to the Maple Leafs, um, I got to just put my pride aside and, uh, Give them respect for that comeback. Um, Marner's playing really well. That uh, that uh, streak. You know, hats off to you. I saw you tweet out Marner's goal prop. You know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and be mad about a, a win that I had with his shots prop by any means. But um, you know, plus two fifty with the goal score. Great stuff by you there. Um, you know, splitsville with me with the games. You know, I had Carolina, but I had a good play on uh, the Ottawa Senators, which was my best bet here on the ice guys, and uh, had some props um, yesterday. But other than that, look. I'll say this. This is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I really don't like three-on-three overtime as a better. I love three-on-three overtime as a fan of hockey. But we all know that three-on-three hockey is not hockey. That's not the same. And um, look, I, I said, I, you know, I gave them respect. I'll give them DAP again. You know, the Leafs pulled it together. They came back. They got it done in OT. But the problem is is that there's no such thing as 3 on 3 overtime in the playoffs. And if you look at what happened last year in the playoffs the Maple Leafs in the overtime, when it wasn't 3 on 3, it was a bit different of a ball game. So if you would have given me you know the option to have Carolina Maple Leafs just play another 5 on 5, I would've been feeling pretty good about my wager. The second that goes to 3 on 3, the Leafs are talented, they're great with three-on-three three overtime. They handle it pretty well. And, you know, certain teams just have a better edge with that. Um, you know, Ted talking about a uh, stronger goalie. Absolutely. But it's also about possession, um, you know, players that have a little more style and flash to their game and different things like that. But for the most part, um, I thought it was a great comeback. I, I, I think that you look at the, the fact the refere- referees put the whistle away for both teams at the end of the game. I feel like that's something that has to be con- touched on in the NHL world as well. It's a similar thing to basketball. Um, I-, I think that you don't want calls to decide a game, but you also can't have you know a call that you make in the first minute of the game be different than a call you don't make in the last minute of a game. And I think most people would probably agree with that. Um, but other than that, look, I mean, they got it done. Uh, great game there. The Devils, as far as that game go, they're back in action again tonight. Ian touched on their goaltending issue. Um, no Jack Hughes. I-, I talked about it yesterday, guys, about how much different this team is without a couple key guys. Uh, and it's true. The Senators made it look like light work. After they went down 1-0, it was all Senators after that. So um, big game there uh, from the Ottawa Senators. We'll see what happened. Both those teams playing back-to-backs, though. I'm playing again tonight. But uh my quick thoughts there, Ian. What are your thoughts? Uh three on three overtime. As a better, I hate it. As a fan of the game, I uh, couldn't love it
0: anymore. Yeah, it's a great, it's great for regular season. I'm glad it's just regular season. I love it. You know, it's just amazing to see the it's, it's kind of like the all-star game, but at least you can hit still with three mm-hmm. on three overtime. But you know, it's basically an odd man rush and a breakaway. Uh, in I would say probably more than fifty percent of the shifts in a five exactly. on five or a three on three five minute overtime period, uh, I wouldn't want to see that in a playoff overtime game. I'd want to see you know your standard you know you know uh, at least four on four five on five like it is. Uh, I a three on three wouldn't be uh, as as good. I wouldn't want your playoff games decided that way. But you want a winner in more of these regular season games than say it's look getting a winner. It, it, with three-on-three three overtime, that's why they'd have three-on-three three overtime because you got a better chance for the game to end in overtime within the five-minute period. They don't want as many games decided by a shootout, and who can blame them? Because I think that's even worse than having the game decided by three-on-three three overtime is having uh, a uh, a winner decided by who wins the shootout. So uh, I like it. It's enter- It's certainly entertaining. There's never a dull moment. Often these three-on-three three overtime periods are action-packed uh and uh, certainly we saw one last night with Caroline and Tron. I'm just glad you that think it's, it's kind of a bad way to end over. the game though, Ian. Like
1: I, I mean again, I'm so biased now and I kind of hate that a little bit like, because I'm uh, I just I look at hockey as a betting source. Right. You know, I I love the game, but I look at it as a betting standpoint always. Don't you agree though? Like everybody said how great of a game that was yesterday. Playoff atmosphere, playoff feel. Yep. And it has to end like we're playing out, you know pond hockey out there how why does the game have to end like that you know timing and and fatigue or whatever players have to travel and, but to me it just kind of sucks and like all my friends rip on me for saying like how could you not like three on three but it, it it's not hockey anymore it to me is it, it's almost like in why in the nba why don't they do three on three half court you know and um, why not let's change the whole game you know like that's my little rant for today. I just think it's not hockey anymore.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's it's hockey. It's exciting hockey. I, I like it in the regular That's where I stand. Like I actually right. I actually really like it in the regular season. The at five minutes, get a winner, avoid the shootout more often than not, because I think if you go four on four, five on five in overtime, you're gonna see a lot more shootouts, and that's worse. For, for sure, sport. for sure. But how for, did the Leafs do in the in the playoffs last year overtime? Yeah. Not very well no and that and
1: that if it was three on because it three, wasn't
0: three on three yeah
1: yeah if it was three on three i would have taken the leafs over the habs in every one of those overtime games i'll be yeah. honest five on five a little bit different
0: like i don't know how people in the uh, chat feel as uh that, that, that are watching our show uh, right now on youtube or any of you that are down that have downloaded the podcast and are listening to the show right now i don't know how you feel but i will ask you what would you rather see the game decided in terms of beyond regulation would you rather see it decided in a three on three five minute overtime period or a shootout i know which one i'd take 10 times out of 10 three on three and uh, and i'm I'm agreeing with
1: that i'm right there with you you know like jeffrey is saying andrew the game is more entertaining with the three on three i'm not disagreeing with that i'm i'm strictly talking about from a betting standpoint um that i'd rather lose if it was five on five because it just I'm not handicapping it like, all right, well, if it's if it's three on three out there, what do I, you know, my handicap has, I'm not thinking about if it's going to be six players on the ice, you know, that's the only thing that sucks. But uh, great game last night, and it's kind of funny, and it pretty much went as expected. Everybody was talking about, yesterday I opened the show with you, and I said, well, we got one game pretty good and one game not very good, and what happened?
0: <laughs> the yeah. good
1: game went to overtime, and the not-so-good game was a blowout.
0: Yeah, it was just a, you know, mundane Monday night NHL hockey game. That's what uh, New Jersey and Ottawa was, and obviously Carolina, Toronto was good. Uh, yeah, I mean the, I'm not I, like soccer is not one of my favorite sports, obviously, and I've said that over the years. But I'm not a draw guy or a ties end in ties guy. Find yeah. a winner. Uh, I always yes. say that. Find a winner some way. Like that's the good thing about baseball. We'll find a winner. Football, uh, football that bothers me too. Actually, that it ends in, that it can end in a tie in the NFL after 10 minutes of overtime you know you've already played that long find a way to get a winner there I don't like that that the NFL has a way of still having ties uh, in their league but I like that basketball we get no ties I, you know baseball and of course hockey uh, no draws no ties save that for soccer where they play for a tie with five minutes to go and they just pass the ball around it drives me absolutely insane hey but you uh, know they do that in the playoffs in the NHL yeah. We, that's why we
1: hit so many draw wagers in the NHL in the playoffs because they do play for ties that doesn't sometimes it makes go no for
0: sense because there's no tie there's that's not a point system in the playoffs you yeah. still gotta win the game it makes no yeah. sense to play for overtime in the playoffs In the regular season you will see that actually that soccer mentality where we both want a point out of this game you know late in the. by the way and I know Alex will be a proponent of this because he definitely is someone that Uh, We'll look for draws and bet a lot of draws in NHL games. We're going to be looking for some of these in the last, I would say, two, three, four weeks of the regular season for two teams that are in playoff races where you expect the game to be pretty close, pretty competitive, because you're going to see and especially in the games, Andrew, where it's out of conference teams, you know, an East team versus a West team. Both teams battling for points, both teams battling for playoff position. If it's 2-2 with three minutes to go in the third period, we're not taking any chances. We're not taking any risks. Do you know why? Because I don't give two shits about whether that guy gets points out of this game or not because he's in the other conference. He's not part of my playoff race, that team. So I don't mind them getting a point out of it. You may see it a little differently. Let's say if it's division rivals or Mm -hmm. conference rivals where... Two teams are battling for the playoffs, final few weeks of the regular season. Both teams might be a little more aggressive trying to win the game in regulation. But certainly when we're talking, Andrew, just conceptually, this makes a lot of sense to me. If it's an Eastern Conference team against a Western Conference team, even though both teams need the points and are battling for playoff positioning, you know, a tie game late, bet a live draw. Maybe bet the the, the the draw pregame if you think it's going to be a close game. Because yes. if it's close late, like I say, Eastern Conference team in that game, he's not going to care that the Western Conference opponent's going to go get a point at, from this game if it goes to overtime and vice versa. I yeah. think that's something really it's important to keep that in mind when we get into that final month, final few weeks of the regular season.
1: That's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. Also, um, I know we got to get, get into the games, but I wanted to mention talk about soccer. Yeah. Um, they had the the Afghan uh, finals championship on Sunday. And, and uh, I don't know if you followed any of that stuff that much, but I, I follow it. I, I enjoy soccer. And um the, the championship game had the draw at around plus 175 or maybe a little bit lower in a regular game, that would have been in the plus 200s. But because it was the championship game, the odds were lower because it was implied, you know, they were going to maybe push it to PKs, right? So to your point, you know, um, be careful with these odds, you know, try and find the best ones you can, but also um, try to understand, like, you know, later in the season, like you said, there's going to be gains where the draw might not be as big of a price because of those reasons, like you just listed, because it might be more implied with this team needs a point. They don't need two points. They need a point, you know, so that's one of the reasons why we see more, more overtimes.
0: Yeah, will we see adjustment in the draw prices? Very, very interesting question based on the scenario and the situation of the game going into it. Going to be interesting to monitor that uh, when we get later in the season, uh, no question. All right, let's go to uh, Tuesday's card. We've got seven games. Let's start with uh, not one of the more glamorous matchups, two teams playing for exercise, but it's on the board. And I actually do have an opinion on it New Jersey Devils and Montreal Canadiens. We've got New Jersey uh, minus 110, minus 115, slight road favorites. Six, six and a half the total here uh, in this one. Of course, the devil's on a back-to-back, but take the back-to-backs with a grain of salt, right, when you're in this kind of spot because mm. we're coming off the all-star break. You know, back to back shouldn't be that big of a problem for New Jersey. I think their bigger problem is can, can they get a save from somebody in net? Uh, can they keep the puck out of their own net? That's the problem. It's got nothing to do with the back-to-back spot. I'm not worried about that if I'm New Jersey. And if you're worried about that in terms of betting New Jersey tonight, I wouldn't be. What I am worried about is this team's just not playing very good hockey right now. That's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about their defense. I'm worried about their goaltending. They certainly lacked a little offensive punch, at least last night, without uh, Jack Hughes. Although uh, Ottawa defensively and Matt Murray were pretty solid in net. They still generated, still had some shots, some quality looks, but just couldn't finish around uh, the net. I think they're going to finish a little bit more tonight. We know Montreal has been just a brutal defensive team. You talk about defensive and goaltending issues on New Jersey. It's been every bit as problematic uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. There's no question about that. They've confirmed Caden Primo uh, will be in net. And really it hasn't mattered because he he and Montembeau have struggled, but they've also been largely the struggles have been a product of poor play in front of them. They've been absolutely terrible defending in front of their goaltending Uh, This year, the Montreal Canadiens and I think New Jersey, the onus is definitely maybe to get their offense revved up tonight, be aggressive, take advantage of this depleted, struggling Montreal defense. I think you'll see that tonight. But on the flip side, I think Montreal first game after the break. It's obviously been everything that can go wrong, has gone wrong type of season uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. There's no doubt. And it's amazing that even after the All-Star break. You know, they're still with no Drouin, no Dvorak, no Edmondson. I mean, they're starting to get some guys back. It's nice to see, you know, they're going to have, obviously, Toffoli. They're going to have Hoffman, Anderson, Caulfield. Uh, You know, at least they're getting some guys back. Petrie's come back on the blue line. Uh, It's starting to get a little healthier, and yet there's still a bunch of uh, key players out, including their top two goalies. We're not going to see Price, obviously, at all, but Jake Allen's not going to be back uh, until later on in March. So it's Caden Primo and Samuel Montembeau, Uh, for the foreseeable future here. I like the game over the total. There's nothing really more to say. I know last night with the New Jersey-Ottawa game, it stayed under, but Montreal's an over machine. I think I took every Montreal game going into the all-star break uh, over the total. I'm going to do the same here. I think New Jersey goals both ways. That's the way I see it here tonight for New Jersey uh, and for Montreal. So I like this game over the total. Weak defenses, weak goaltending on both sides in this game. So I like the game over the total. A few props I like too. I'm going back to the well. Jesper Bratt over shots, maybe to score a goal as well tonight in this game. Uh once again, this opened around -120 and people are just, you know, betting this thing up once again today. It's up to -155 right now at DraftKings, but I still think Jesper Bratt gets to three shots on goal. We saw it last night. He sailed over that shots on goal number. And I think if you take each of the three players playing on Montreal's top line tonight, which is scheduled to be Arturi Lekkinen, uh, Tyler Toffoli uh, on that top line, uh, as well as uh, Nick Suzuki centering that top line. I think if you take over shots for all three guys, I think you go two and one or three and zero. Oh. I really believe that they're shooting more. All three guys. look at their shots on goal numbers lately. Toffoli, Suzuki, Lekkinen even who's found the back of the net recently. He's hmm. shooting. He's had some four shots on goal games recently for Montreal. I think if you bet shots on goal over for those three guys on that Montreal top line, Lekkanen, Suzuki, Toffoli, two and one or three and oh, in my opinion, I think that you'll have that kind of result. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here? Devils, Canadians. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, first of all, you know, I wish I played more Canadians overs and I played a lot. You know, I had a top play uh, before the break on one of them. Uh, over the total and uh they just kept hitting you know that Edmonton game uh, over the total so many games over the total with the Canadians uh, in large part to their defense but they started scoring some more themselves look I said yesterday the devils are a fade right now and I'm gonna say it again last time I was on this show and I bet the Habs full transparency didn't go very well Uh but I'm doing it again here Ian it hasn't been that many times this season I've done it and you know that um you know at minus one oh five, I think it's an appropriate time to jump in, take and Jimmy retweeted a video from a, a Habs journalist. I'm not sure if you saw it, Ian, but it was a really intense morning skate drill uh, that I've never really seen. and Jimmy called it one of the most intense morning skates he's seen, you know, in his time. and the quote from Brendan Gallagher, I saw the interview with him earlier today and just I don't know, like I just get the feeling that and I think I know this team pretty well and, You know, getting Paul Byron back, who might not be a superstar, but he's someone that brings energy to the team and he brings a veteran type mindset to the team, getting some guys back and healthier and, you know, getting a little bit of more um, consistency in that lineup will be huge for them and getting the Devils in the second half of back to back. You could make the argument that it's good that they've already played a game, but I think the Habs are motivated and ready to rock and this is the type of team that they have to beat. Because they're not going to beat your top teams in the league. By any means, no upset at whatsoever. But I think that they can beat the Devils tonight. And I think it's an appropriate time to do so with them. Um, that shots on goal prop that you mentioned. Uh, I ended up giving it out. Uh, and and I think that um, I bet it at minus 160. And that's high. For, but that's the funny thing. Sometimes DraftKings will... Keep things at two and a half, but high juice, and sometimes they'll move it to three and a half at plus money. Um, but last night I didn't even mind that minus one hundred and sixty. So what did you say it was tonight? Right now
0: it's minus one hundred and fifty-five. Right now at DraftKings, so it's actually slightly cheaper than it was last yeah. night. And uh, yeah, it's just and he's been he's going to obviously get looks. He's going to and Nishier is always someone that passes more than shoots, mm-hmm. uh, and so he should be getting opportunities playing on that right wing side. Uh, of that top line for new jersey uh, along with nico he so and again he's been not hesitant to fire pucks on net and we certainly saw that last night he's had a bunch of three four shot games uh, lately for the devils so and if, if you nico want to mention
1: it too if we're going in order i do remember my guy jimmy he's on reverse puck line with the Canadians tonight. So I had to give that out uh, on Jimmy's behalf. He gave us his picks in the DMs. Well, oh, that's
0: right. He did. I should mention that. And Alex uh, gave us his best bet. I don't think Alex will be joining us, but he did give us his best bet. But I'll mention that with the, uh, and it's just his one bet. But yes, there you go. Habs reverse uh, puck line. Yep. Jimmy puck line uh, minus one and a half here. I'd take Montreal probably before New Jersey, but uh, I, I'm not interested in the side here. We'll just... Uh, Hope that uh, both teams contribute offensively. Hey, you can root me on. Chance. That's right. Exactly right. It's just, yeah, it's it's pick your poison when you're talking about two teams that are struggling mightily. Uh, but I, I would just think both of them can, uh, you know, spread their wings a little bit offensively tonight. Uh, yeah. and find Look, it's the- not
1: best bet material for me, but it's worth a wager, I think.
0: That's right. And uh, I think the game you're mentioning, you said it didn't go well. The last, I think that was an Arizona game, right? Is that the Yeah, one that yeah did, it is. Right? It yeah. is.
1: Wow. It is. Yeah. That was an afternoon game, too, I yeah. believe, right?
0: Yeah. And boy, it was a tough one. That was actually a yeah. very rough game for them. I remember it. They did not play well whatsoever uh, in the desert that day. I know. I did a show with you and I was all pumped to go watch the game, and it
1: just had the worst start ever.
0: They did. They fell beyond like two or three nothing, or it was just a dreadful start, I remember, for uh, Montreal in this game, and they never recovered. We'll see if they recover from the break and can find their way into the win column tonight in this one. All right, we move on now to Pittsburgh and Boston. One of the better games of the night for sure. We got the Boston Bruins minus 130. Home favorites, five and a half, six the total, depending on where you look right now uh, in this one. Um, I would lean a little to Pittsburgh here as a plus price uh, just because, you know, I've got, I think, a lot more upside long term uh, for the Penguins than the Bruins. And look, Pittsburgh's not exactly a team that played their best hockey, you know, going into the uh, all-star break. They had, I don't know what it was, a swoon. They got a lot of these, you know, mediocre teams and uh, mediocre opponents coming into their building going into the all-star break and didn't exactly react well to it. Uh, And of course, they also lose the big uh, clash uh, against Washington uh, 4-3 in overtime, uh, the final game before the break. So four-game losing streak here for Pittsburgh. I think you get focus from them, right? Sometimes the All-Star break comes at a bad time for teams, and sometimes it comes at a good time for teams, maybe a good time for Pittsburgh, because they had the little slump there, four losses in a row, Uh, maybe a chance to hit the reset button just a little bit here as they take on Boston. Uh, When you look at the Bruins, still got questions about whether they can consistently beat the best of the best in the National Hockey League as a whole and also their own conference. I mean, you look at these uh, recent wins for uh, Boston, uh, Seattle, Arizona, uh, (laughs) Winnipeg when they were really, really struggling when the Jets were going into Boston and they were starting to incur all those defensive injuries that they've had. Uh, for weeks. They did beat Nashville. It was a quality win. Washington, a decent win. But again, Washington was struggling at that time. And then Philadelphia for this Boston team. They've also had, it's worth noting, some losses to Anaheim, 5 3. They, of course, lost to Colorado, got beaten down by Dallas, crushed by Carolina, ruined that uh, beautiful ceremony they had for uh, the great Willie O'Ree uh, that night. Um, So really, there's still some big-time question marks here uh, about Boston's ability to step up in class a little. And I know, obviously, the big concern here for Pittsburgh and disappointing thing for them is Evgeny Malkin being placed in COVID protocol uh, going into this game. Certainly will be missed, certainly the way he was playing for this uh, Pittsburgh team going into the uh, All-Star break. Uh, They'll miss his offense and uh, certainly his presence on the power play. It's amazing how much better the Penguin power play immediately became uh, when he returned uh, for mm-hmm. the first time this season. So definitely you look at this as a situation where you'll miss Evgeny Malkin. As far as the Bruins go uh, in this game tonight, still battling a couple injuries too, and including uh, Nick Felino day-to-day. Uh, Duka Rask remains out as well for the uh, Bruins. So right now you're looking at Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman being the uh, tandem in net for them. And it's Jeremy Swayman getting the call for Boston tonight. And he's actually been, statistically, you line up his numbers, with Allmark's numbers and with Tuka Rask's numbers, he's got the best numbers of the three goalies, believe it or not. So we'll see how Jeremy Swayman can play tonight uh, in this one. He hasn't been obviously started for the Bruins in a bit of time. He was down in the AHL for a bit, but he'll start tonight. Tristan Jari will get the nod uh, for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, which is pretty much what we expected. Uh, worth noting, Pittsburgh, three days plus of rest, three days or more rest this year for the Penguins, undefeated, 4-0. Uh, in that situation. So they've been very good with the extended time off. And I'm going to give them a bet here. Pittsburgh, plus 110. Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Penguins, Bruins.
1: Uh, If you don't mind, Ian, I'm just going to pretty much say that uh, everything you just said, (laughs) I was going to say. So uh, I'm on the exact same page as you. Uh, I love when that happens. We're on the same page. Uh, I also forgot to mention it's it's a chalky price, but I am on the over one and a half first period in that Canadians game as well. Um, but I do like Pittsburgh, just like you, and uh, love the short dog price for a team that, hey, didn't play their best hockey going into the break. But they're still a great team defensively. I think that makes the biggest difference in this one—the um, way they protect the neutral zone and the way they shut down top guys on the opposition. So, hey, uh, if the Bruins' depth shows up tonight, maybe they get the win. But uh, I think it's one of those games where if it's just uh, you know Pasternak Pasternak and uh, Marshy doing the scoring the Penguins come out on top. I trust the Penguins' depth a hell of a lot more than I trust the uh, the Bruins' depth.
0: Oh, yeah, defi- yeah definitely. We have seen issues at times with the Bruins being able to get offense from the usual suspects, Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak, uh K- w- Charlie Coyle, glimpses, nothing consistent. Taylor Hall, glimpses, nothing consistent. You know, that continues to be uh, the major uh, concern. And by the way, Alex B. Smith, this is his one bet that he submitted for the card today, uh, the first period over with uh, Boston and Pittsburgh. I mean, recently, uh, definitely Boston has been a good first period over uh, team. Uh, New Jersey certainly has been that. And uh, Andrew mentioned like in New Jersey, Montreal over one and a half in the uh, first period. So definitely makes sense there. Uh, But, uh, yeah, Alex liking uh, Pittsburgh-Boston over one and a half in the uh, first period uh, in this game. And as for uh, Jimmy Murphy here, uh, let me see. Did he send anything for that? Yeah, he likes the Bruins. He's against us. So we're not all in agreement, at least in terms (laughs) of the crew. Uh, Jimmy liking uh, Boston here uh, in this one at uh, minus 130 tonight. Uh, All right, next up on the card, Carolina and Ottawa. We've got Carolina minus 225, minus 230. uh, Road favorites, six the total in this one. Um. I don't hate Ottawa plus one and a half. I could like, they, they kept it close against Carolina just recently uh, when these two teams uh, squared off, they're capable of doing that. And it seems like when they play, you know, upper echelon teams, sometimes you get Ottawa really giving them a good go. I mean, like Washington, even the Pittsburgh game in Pittsburgh, they lost six, four, but you know, they had tied that game, believe it, or got within one goal of the, uh, penguins that night it seems like when in edmonton they beat them in overtime 3-2 so ottawa's had that ability to elevate their game a little bit and and you know really give these uh, better teams some uh, issues carolina on a back to back but again i don't mind that It's off the all-star break should be fresh as a daisy still relatively speaking uh, for a second night of a back to back the one concern is you know you got carolina off an overtime loss compared to maybe off a win Uh, against Toronto last night. So maybe that means you bring the focus you need here. And I'll be honest with you, part of the reason why Ottawa's won some of these games lately has been the play of Matt Murray, who's been absolutely really rock steady uh, in the net the last few starts he's made for the Senators. Unfortunately, with this being a back-to-back, Murray was in last night against New Jersey. It'll be Anton Forsberg uh, in net tonight for the uh, Ottawa Senators. And he has not been as good uh, obviously, uh, compared to Matt Murray. a 2.62 goals against 911 11 save percentages, last five starts, one and four uh, in those games. So we'll see how he fares here in this one tonight. Uh, it should be anti-Ronta, you would think, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, in this game uh, with them on the uh, back-to-back. So I would expect uh, the veteran finish netminder, uh, Ronta, uh, to get the uh, starting assignment here tonight for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Worth noting, uh, Ranta. Uh, in his uh, last start was much better uh, he's kind of been up and down this year but his last start was rather good for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes against New Jersey one goal allowed in a two to one win uh, over the Devils in that game so we'll see if he can bring another good start to the table here in this one so I just have a small lean to Ottawa plus one and a half but nothing official of yet probably one of the games I will end up passing uh, from a betting perspective at least pregame wise when it comes to the canes and senators uh andrew what do you think here carolina ottawa
1: yeah and last night i locked in the over six in this one uh, i like it quite a bit uh i know carolina can be a good defensive team but ottawa's got some confidence i i, I said it yesterday look if you looked at the games they played in before the all-star break you would be kind of you know shaking your head at me if i said they were playing some decent hockey but the scoreboard doesn't always dictate what happened and how a team's been playing and I I truthfully believe this team is playing with some type of confidence right now, whether it's inner confidence, whether it's, you know, actually, um, you know, believing that they can actually, you know, make some moves uh, in this league right now. I'm not so sure, but the coaching staff's done a great job. Somebody is doing something in that locker room um, that's inspiring this team. And let's not forget the speed and the talent they do have. Um, But I don't like the amount of breakaways they give up. And Carolina's transition game is one of the best in the league. I mean, the way they can get their defenseman to push that puck up the ice is huge uh, for them. So um, I really think the over six is a good spot here. And obviously um, both teams playing on back to back. So it kind of helps us out there in that angle. So uh, over six is a spot that I bet in this one.
0: All right. Over six for Andrew here with uh, Carolina and Ottawa. Um, I might give a look to, uh, because of the fact, you know, he had some chances last night. No uh, doubt about that for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, nothing necessarily went in the uh, back of the net for, for him in that game last night. Uh, but when I look at it tonight uh, in this particular matchup, uh, Aho over two and a half shots, which is at minus 140 at DraftKings. Definitely appeals to me. Three shots in back-to-back games for him uh, when you look at it last night. No points. Uh, in the game, but still had some opportunities and some good looks. I mean, I feel bad for you, Andrew. I don't know if you saw this very moment of the Carolina-Toronto game, but I know you were interested in a Seth Jarvis goal score prop last night for Carolina. And, man, the chance that he had, he was right there. There was an open side, and it's like a golf shank is what happened. It just almost like skipped over his stick. Yeah. On the right side, right? Yep. He did get that one prime opportunity. That was it. And man, uh, I was thinking, man, Andrew, I hope Andrew didn't see that, (laughs) but I knew you did. (laughs) Tough luck. I mean, but uh, that was his chance uh, in that game. No question. Uh, So Andrew liking goals with over six here, Carolina uh, and Ottawa. All right. uh, Next up, we got Columbus and Washington. We've got the uh, Capitals huge favorites here. Minus 240, uh, minus 245 in this game. The total uh, six, six and a half, uh, depending on where you're looking at the moment. Uh, Obviously, this is maybe the Capitals trying to uh, hit the reset button a little bit because outside of a uh, couple of wins against Dallas and Pittsburgh, you know, didn't exactly play great going into the break. Of course, they had no Alex Ovechkin, which we found out uh, during the day uh, of that Oilers Capitals game uh, definitely impacted them. They got off to a dreadful start uh, in that game, uh, down three, nothing early, and they ended up uh, making it interesting. You know, they didn't roll over in that game, but at the end of the day, they ended up with a 5-3 uh, to three loss to Edmonton uh, going into the break. So we'll see how the Capitals uh, fare. It's been an up-and-down, turbulent year for them, really a lack of consistency. Uh, when you look at them, though, on the extended rest, 4-3 uh, and three this year, Columbus 3-2 and two, uh, in that spot. The uh, Jackets, uh, you know, they did have a couple of wins there against the Rangers and uh, Montreal, 5-3 and 6-3, uh, winning back-to-back games. Then they got drubbed by uh, Florida. Uh, Eight to four, uh, their final game before the break, and still just uh, two and four uh, in their last six games, uh, the Blue Jackets, before the uh, All Star break. Uh, We'll see how they, if they can uh, bounce back here, play a little bit better. But when you look at it from a a Capitals perspective, uh, tonight, uh, Alexander Ovechkin will be back. That's the reason why he was not part of All Star weekend because of his uh, COVID 19 positive test. But he is cleared uh, from protocol and will be back tonight for the uh, Capitals. So, obviously, some great news there. T.J. Oshie remains out. Uh, Vitek Vanacek, one of their top two goalies still on IR, um, also out. But very interesting, Peter Laviolette deciding to go with. And there's no back-to-back for Washington. They don't play tomorrow night. This is Phoenix Copley. This is a Mm -hmm. coach's decision to just say, you know what, Ilya Samsonov, you're off your game right now. You, you haven't been able, you haven't been good for a You haven't been, if have not been very steady in net for a while now, we're going to give this kid a chance. And Copley came in for the, uh, for a struggling Samsonov, who was just awful at the early part of that Edmonton game, allowing them to state, get that three, nothing early lead. I mean, he's got to cover the post better on that banked in shot uh, that chased him from the net in that third goal that Edmonton scored. And Phoenix Copley, I thought was pretty steady to be honest, for uh, Washington for the rest of that game. Gave the Capitals a chance to get back into it. And Peter Laviolette's desperate to try to find some more stable goaltending. And I think he's going to give this guy a chance. Now, Copley's been around for a long time. You know, he's been bounced around from a few different teams. Are we ready to trust him here uh, in this game is the biggest question. Um, But uh, definitely uh, Peter Laviolette going with a hunch here that Maybe Copley will come out with a a pretty good effort here in this game. Under no circumstance whatsoever am I laying minus 240 with Washington uh, in this game. Uh, Not at all with the the form they displayed uh, going into the All-Star break. Definitely not a team I'm laying this kind of astronomical price with. Don't know if I'll take Columbus, but I'd take them before Washington in this game. Uh, probably a game I'll lay off uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, when you look at the recent series history, uh, this has actually been an under series history. Three of the last four have stayed under. We've seen 3-1, 2-1, one, one, and 3 nothing. You know, in three of the last four games, they've been tighter uh, checking affairs. They've been lower scoring games, maybe with Copley in net. And Copley's numbers in the AHL were solid this year. Like I say, in that relief effort in against Edmonton, he was pretty solid, so... This might be one of those games where they look to really tighten it up. This could stay under, not betting it, but lean that way for me. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here with uh, Columbus and Washington? Yeah, Keeping it simple, I think the
1: Capitals are a team that uh, are about to heat up. Uh, They're a buy team for me right now. They haven't had that many winning streaks this year so far, really. Uh, I am on. You can find us on DraftKings, minus 140. Team total over three and a half for the Capitals here tonight.
0: All right, there we go. Columbia, or Washington, rather, team total uh, over three and a half for uh, Andrew. And, uh, you know, it's all going to come down to what we get tonight from um, Merzlikens, who's had yeah. some good starts. He's had some rough ones as well. Uh, no I, question. I just wanted to take the Blue Jackets out of
1: the picture, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you could wonder, the puck line is minus 105. Right. And the team total is minus 140. People always ask me, like, well, why wouldn't you just take the puck line? Right? You'll get better odds. I would rather take worse odds and get a winner than watch a four-three game happen, um, and me lose the puck line. So, uh, with plays like this, I have no trouble taking a little bit of extra juice and grabbing the puck, uh, grabbing the team total. I, I'm kind of done with with puck lines. The amount of times, Ian, that I've hit a, puck, I've had a puck line and the team total is hit but they've only won by one goal, it, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> you just wouldn't believe it. Like, oh, my team won 5-4, but the puck line didn't hit, but they went over their team total.
0: You know, it's 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 a real piss-off. Yeah, no doubt uh, it is. It can be frustrating, definitely, when it comes to those puck lines, especially when you don't get the empty net goal when you need it. That is a frustrating feeling. There's no question. So the team total is often a route that you go to instead of, say, a money line or in terms of a puck line bet on that team. And we'll Mm -hmm. talk about that in the next game, uh, where I actually have a split bet, money line and team total. And we will get to that game right now. Minnesota uh, taking on uh, Winnipeg here. We've got uh, Minnesota minus 155 uh, road favorites in Winnipeg. Six the total uh, in this one. I actually have three bets, because I do have a small bet on the full game over as well. Uh, But the main bets for me are a split. Minnesota minus 145. As well as a Minnesota team total over three and a half at a plus price, plus 115, even plus 120 uh, in some spots. Jets are just too decimated. They really are. I mean, it's just this team can still be, I think, capable of contending and pushing for a playoff spot when they get everybody back. But that's the problem right now uh, with the Winnipeg Jets. It's just too depleted a group uh, mm-hmm. at this point in time. This, at the, the blue line is just decimated. What are you going to do? I mean, Logan Stanley's out. Uh, now, Nathan Beaulieu is out, and he's underrated defensively. He's physical. He's usually very good in his own end, Beaulieu. Uh, he's out. Now, Neil Peonk as well, who I thought's given them some very steady, solid minutes at the back end for Winnipeg uh, since they got him from the New York Rangers a couple years ago. Uh, he's out as well. And then up front, you know, they've obviously been without Nikolai Ehlers for a while, and that's definitely hurt. And now you got to be without Pierre-Luc Dubois now as well. Uh, who's landed uh, in COVID-19 protocol for the Jets. So it's just, you know, you're talking about uh, your top line center or one of your top two centers out. You're talking about maybe one of your best uh, wingers in Nikolai Ehlers out. You're talking about still cluster injuries and absences on the blue line going into this game tonight. And, oh, yeah, you got to face this Minnesota team that's hotter than a proverbial pistol. Uh, at least they were and They, going do, not the score, they sure. do not struggle to score. That's for sure not struggle to score. That's for sure, going into this game. So it just feels like it's tough to ask Winnipeg to beat the best teams right now, given their depleted roster uh, at the moment. I know Hella Buck's gonna start in net, and I'm sure he'll do everything in his power to keep uh, his give his team a chance um but don't sleep on Kapo Kakinen either for the uh, uh, Minnesota Wild wow, Kapo Kakinen's been very good of late 10 and 2 record overall uh, 2.53 goals against 953 or 922 I should say save percentage uh, facing a, a Jets team that's obviously got key injury key absences up front three possibly four starting defensemen out uh, tonight as well so uh, it's a chance for him to maybe have a good game here, but I think Minnesota probably will find the back of the net and get to four goals. I mean, the fact you can get a over three and a half with a plus 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 price tag here uh, on the Minnesota wild for a team that, you know, we often can trust this team, especially of late to score four goals, you know, in a game, that's been a routine occurrence for the Minnesota wild. Uh, you look at their uh, recent games. Uh, they've scored, you go back their last uh, seven games, seven against Anaheim. Uh, they scored uh, three against Colorado, but Colorado on the road tough. Five against really? Chicago, four against Chicago, eight against Montreal. They had a game against the Rangers where they were less than four with three, but four against the Islanders, of, you know, which defense is their strength, and they still scored four against the Islanders. And then, of course, five against Chicago, the final game before uh, the all-star break. So, uh, Minnesota and yeah, rich, the combo bet. I, I like that as well. Minnesota to win and over five and a half, you'll get a very good price with that. I think that's a good way to look as well. No question. I've got Minnesota minus minus one forty five and a over team total three and a half split in this one. And also a smaller bet on the full game over six as well with the wild and the jets, uh, Andrew, Minnesota, Winnipeg, you know, I just
1: simply don't think that as much as Winnipeg would want to make this lower scoring style of game, I don't think they can do it, but I think we're going to get a good effort out of them. You know, uh, we talk about all the time. You and I think the same on a lot of these breaks. You know, we mentioned Pittsburgh. Some teams need the break and some teams don't want it. What did Mitch Marner say about the Leafs? He didn't want the break, right? Um, maybe he was not because he wasn't an all-star. I don't know. Uh, but I mean, uh, the Winnipeg Jets used, they, they needed the break I and mean, Philadelphia beat them. You know, that's a, I don't know if you want anybody to, you know, to lose to Philadelphia. Um, and with the while they're just scoring in bunches. And, and Winnipeg has been involved in some higher scoring games. There was a time period where they used to be a dead nut under. Hellebuck would lock it down. Same thing with Anaheim. I always talk about this. Anaheim was a dead nut 2 team. And Winnipeg at one point was that team as well. Uh, at six, I'm comfortable uh, out the break, both these two teams to play the over, and I think both teams contribute to this. But I do think Minnesota comes out on top. I'm not really comfortable with the minus 155, um, so I've decided to stay away from Minnesota in general and just stick with the total here.
0: All right, there we go. Like in uh, Minnesota and uh Winnipeg over the total, there are a couple prop shots on goal that I actually like. I like Andrew cop over two and a half shots, minus 140. Uh, This is a guy that's going to be playing on a second-line center role tonight for the Winnipeg Jets, centering a line with Cole Perfetti and Kyle Connor. Uh, I think you're going to see opportunity for him, and he's been uh, able and willing to shoot the puck when he's had an opportunity. Uh, You look at three of the last four games, we've seen three or four shots on goal from uh, Andrew Cott for the Winnipeg Jets. So uh, over two-and-a-half shots for him definitely uh, of interest for me uh, in this game. Uh, there's a, uh, there's one more that I think I was looking at. Oh, Ryan Hartman as well for the Wild. It's minus 165, some juice, but the his shots on goal prop, He scored. he's had three shots on goal two previous meetings against Winnipeg this year. So sometimes I like the head-to-head history as well. Mm. Uh, and he's had some opportunities as well. He's played some of his good games. He's played a lot of good games this year to, uh, for Minnesota. Don't get me wrong. Nobody knows that better than our good friend, Terry Edelman, who's in the chat, Minnesota Wild super fan. Uh, Ryan Hartman has given this team a lot. But he's played very well and seemed to be uh, a problem and making an impact and being involved in the play, getting chances uh, when he's played the Jets this year. So uh, that shot prop might be something to look at as well. So one for each team, Cop and uh, Hartman uh, for shots on goal props here uh, with this wild uh, and jets game uh great stuff there with that we got two games left uh, on this uh tuesday card we thank everybody of course for joining us live on youtube and downloading the uh podcast version uh, of the ice guys as well make sure if you're watching on youtube uh, you hit the like button uh, as well uh, it definitely helps us out uh, we want to mention of course DraftKings are great sponsors here at the hockey podcast network and uh, the ice guys the moment we've been waiting for is finally here In honor of the Super Bowl, the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, uh, is giving new customers 56-1 to odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, you can still play for DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. It must be 21 years of age or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See draftkingscom sportsbook for full list of requirements and state specific specific. specific responsible gaming resources void where prohibited gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER download the DraftKings app sign up for an account use the promo code THPN all right moving on to one of the other uh, marquee matchups tonight uh, in the National Hockey League we've got the Uh, Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, We've got uh, Vegas slight road favorites here in this game. uh, Currently uh, minus uh, 120 to minus 125 road favorites, uh, six and a half being the total here uh, in this game. Uh, Of course, the Edmonton Oilers have actually looked pretty solid with the uh, new piece to the uh, puzzle, that being Evander Kane. Obviously, he's a guy that's generated a lot of buzz, a lot of attention, uh, obviously, for some, some, sometimes for all the wrong reasons, but he's certainly gotten uh, people's attention. Edmonton taking a chance on him, thinking that you know, in spite of the issues he's had uh, off the ice, uh, he is someone that is going to help this team. It's hard to deny that so far. He's fit in nicely. He scored in multiple games uh, for the Oilers, and they have played certainly better hockey after going through the uh, rigors of that uh, brutal losing streak uh, earlier uh, in the year, early in January. Uh, they've now turned it around and gone five and one. Uh, In their last six games, we'll see if they can keep it going here against the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, who won their last two games before the break, a revenge game, if you will, against Tampa Bay. They lost at home to the Lightning, and then returned the favor, beating Tampa in a shootout 3-2, and then they returned home. And no flat spot whatsoever. That or Buffalo was that bad. I don't know which one it was the night of our bet cast. I think Buffalo was pretty bad, and Craig Anderson actually was pretty Hmm. bad. Uh, that night as well. But Vegas uh, putting the boots to the Buffalo Sabres uh, in a 5-2 victory uh, in that game. Uh, should be fascinating. Jack Eichel is now in, uh, in a, in a uh, contact uh, jersey uh, for practice for the Golden Knights. So he's full contact, means he is just days away, probably just a few games away from returning, or, or not returning, but making his Vegas Golden Knights debut. Uh, and uh, boy, just going to make this Vegas team uh, even more difficult to defend uh, no question about that. Still banged up a little on the blue line, though, with Alec Martinez, with uh, Nicholas Haig, and also uh, Zach Whitecloud uh, still uh, missing in action. You're talking about three of your starting defensemen not in there for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And Mike Smith uh, is finally uh, back uh, and uh, easing him back in his return from a thumb injury. Miko Koskinen uh, in COVID 19 protocol right now for uh, the Edmonton Oilers. And they'll also recall Skinner. Uh, Stuart Skinner from the AHL. The guy with up. the best
1: goals against average for the Oilers.
0: Yeah, I know, which is hard. It's hard to believe. But yeah, the guy with the best GAA right now in Edmonton, it ain't Smith. It ain't Coskin. It ain't the two guys that have been here now for two, three years. Uh, it's Stuart Skinner. Uh, Smith, 3.76 goals against average, 8.98 save percentage. He definitely was not playing well in the starts prior to the uh, injury and the absence. We're talking about Uh, Four goals allowed against Anaheim in October. Then when he came back from the last absence, he gave up four to St. Louis, six to New Jersey, three to Toronto. Didn't look sharp at all. That's when the uh, Oilers were in that losing streak. Man, I don't know. Uh, Can we trust Mike Smith? It's going to be the big question here. Uh, Been out for a while. The three or four starts he's made most recently, he wasn't very uh, particularly good in those games. So it's very difficult. I'd have to lean over here, even though, you know, you're talking six and a half. You know, it's obviously a number It's in some adjustment here uh, in terms of the total, but kind of feels that I'd probably prefer a higher scoring game than a lower one with Micah Smith in net here. uh, And with what these two teams are capable of, Uh, it has been an under series other than one game. So that does concern me. But I think I'll get there with a small play on the uh, on the over in this game. Nothing really on the side. I kind of think there's value in this number on Edmonton here. Slight home underdog. I like the way the team is starting to play at this point in time. But boy, Mike Smith, when you saw that name as the starting goaltender, it makes you do a double take a little bit, maybe pump the brakes. Certainly lean Edmonton. Haven't gotten there yet. We'll see before puck drop. But lean Edmonton, lean over. Don't feel overly strong about the side or total in this game. Just some smaller opinions for me, uh, Oilers and over. Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Game One of the games of the night here for sure Vegas Edmonton
1: yeah it's a game of the night and and to be honest with you you know anything I said right now would I I might not be actually betting you know I know we always say lean to stuff but you know I kind of like the over in this game I don't love six and a half I like the goaltending you know uh what we're seeing for the starting goaltenders it'll help the over um you know I I think that the Oilers have played some decent defense but they're due to kind of have a track meet style of hockey game And the Golden Knights are are looking good right now. I mean, lots of shots on goal from them in each game, lots of dangerous scoring opportunities. But, you know, it's funny because we used to sound crazy when we'd say this, but it's really started to work out really well. And I love, love live betting Oilers games and Vegas games. Give me a five and a half live. If I can get it, you can sign me up. Give me a four and a half live. It's a low scoring game. Um, If Chris, uh, Chris, I haven't been following it, but if you're here in the live chat right now, Uh, I'd love to know the third period numbers for these two teams because I feel like I've cashed some pretty good third period overs with both these teams as well, Ian. So look, that's kind of just off the top of my head, but uh, you know, I I would lean towards the over if I was playing this game, that's, that's the bet I would take. Uh, But the chances are I'll probably, then this is a late night game. I'll probably be watching this as a fan, as a hockey fan, winding down my night. And if I see a spot, I'll
0: jump in live over. Sometimes those are the best decisions to make is just especially with the uh, totals that are six and a half and the same goes for not only the full game total, but the first period total, you wait that five minutes, you'll get a better full game number uh, on the over and you'll also get a better first period number uh, on the end price for that matter as well uh, on the over. So those are definitely things to uh, keep in mind here. And uh, like I said, (laughs) this will be, and this is not an easy first game back for Mike Smith. Um, because of the fact, look, you're playing a very good Vegas Golden Knights team, and a Vegas team that, uh, yeah, someone in our chats thinking that uh, Smith and uh, Theodore Stevenson are out. I think they're in. Uh, look, there was some question marks about their availability, but it looks like they are all going to be uh, suiting up tonight for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, in this game coming out of the All Star break, which is good news. Yeah, they've got Stevenson uh, scheduled to be in the lineup tonight, centering Stone and Pacharetti they've got Riley Smith on his regular right wing spot on the second line with Carlson and Marcia. So, uh, and as well, we've got Shea Theodore on the blue line on the second pair uh, tonight uh, for the uh, Golden Knights. Now things could change, you know, keep an eye on it before puck drop. Uh, but right now it looks like uh, they are all in uh, for the uh, Golden Knights tonight, which is obviously, they're all three very good players. Stevenson, yeah. Smith, Theod- and Theodore, for sure. They're all very important to the success of the vegas golden knights all right the final
1: funny and now just like it's so rare to release plays overnight to bet plays overnight or even in the morning i mean you want to do your research and try and figure out what plays you might like but you can't even lock them in until sometimes after this show's over
0: Yep. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Robin Leonard should be the goalie you would think tonight for uh, Vegas. Not confirmed, but fully expected to be a uh, Leonard in net. And Leonard's actually, you know, the last four starts for him, you know, he's had basic, he said, it's been good. Two two goals or less and four straight outings for uh, Robin Leonard uh, in net. couple of those too, you know, Tampa, Florida, two very good hockey teams. So yeah, Robin Leonard's definitely uh, playing solid at this point in time for the, for the uh, Golden Knights. You just mm-hmm. hope the All-Star break doesn't throw him out of his rhythm uh, a little bit all right final game now of this uh tuesday uh, nhl card uh, arizona coyotes taking on the uh, vancouver canucks uh, we've got uh, vancouver obviously very big favorites here uh, in this game uh, minus a uh, 240 uh, the total in this one currently a uh, five and a half uh, pretty much across the board uh, in this game not really a lot to say here obviously we know vancouver Uh, favored for a very good reason, playing one of the worst teams in the NHL, Arizona. But Arizona has been one of those teams that lately uh, we have seen them, you know, step up a little bit and and be competitive uh, at times. We'll see if they can keep it, uh, bring that kind of effort once again tonight uh, in this game, Uh, obviously before the uh, break 4-2 loss to Calgary. Uh, But a lot of these losses lately, that's why they're tough, tough to get involved for me personally in their games because they're still not winning a lot. They're hanging around a lot, you know. Two to one to Boston, three to one to Buffalo, three to They beat Colorado, the huge upset in a shootout uh, right before the break, and then four two Calgary. But you know they were hanging around for a long time in that game as well. Vancouver, they lost their final game before the break, four to two. Uh, so you'd expect a sense of urgency a little bit. And look, this team's obviously trying to make the playoffs and feel that even after a brutal start, that they've been a much better team since Bruce Boudreau uh, has been there. And that if they have a good uh, stretch of hockey out of the all-star break, that they are capable of maybe going on a run. Neither team has been particularly good uh, on extended rest. Vancouver one and two, and it's been even worse for Arizona. One and six for them this year uh, on extended rest. So yeah, Vancouver wins. I'm not laying this price with them. Not first game back from the all-star break. It's definitely a pass for me, Coyotes and Canucks. Uh, Andrew, Arizona, Vancouver. It's a pass for me here. I don't like the price on either
1: side. Um, I actually would lean towards the under is where I would go. Haven't gotten
0: there and probably won't. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? The thing with Vancouver, um, and I hear what Rich is saying. You're right. You know, when you look at it from, we've been profiting from this a lot lately with whether it's been Vimalca or Wedgwood uh, in net, they've been just facing a lot of rubber. You know, they've been facing a lot of shots, both of these Arizona goalies. Uh, and I would definitely consider the goal, the, the over saves prop for whoever's in net tonight for Arizona, whether it's for Melka or uh, Wedgwood. Uh, sometimes Vancouver, though, has a lower shot count than some other teams. That's the one concern. But I will say this three of the last four games before the All-Star break for the Vancouver Canucks, they had 32 and 33 shots on goal. So that's good to see. You know, we did actually see the shot volume kind of increase for Vancouver some of those games right before the break. so definitely gives me some hope that maybe we could look in that direction here with uh, uh, the goals the saves prop I should say for uh, either Amelka or Wedgwood whoever is in net. It's hard to argue with that because look at these games for Arizona they've given up 36, 37, 35, 40 and 50 shots on goal uh, in the last five games before the all-star break. Uh, so it, you know, they have, the goalies have been definitely besieged by a shooting gallery, uh, from the opposition, uh, in, uh, the last five games before the break. We'll see if that carries over to this game tonight. The first game after the break for the Arizona coyotes on the West coast, uh, against the Vancouver Canucks. Great stuff with Andrew McGinnis. That's your look at the Tuesday, uh, NHL card. Uh, uh, seven games uh, tonight. Looking forward to seeing uh, how it all uh, turns out on the ice. Thanks to everyone for joining us live on YouTube and also downloading the podcast. Uh, let's wrap it up with best bets. Uh, both of us cashed our best bet in on yesterday's show, our first show uh, after the All-Star break. We'll see if we can duplicate those results tonight. Uh, Andrew, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you like for best bet? I'm going to go with the Capitals team total over three and a
1: half. It's minus 140, but I'll, I'll be comfortable with that price tag. And uh, I feel like they'll get some goals tonight and, and you know, getting OV back is huge for them. And I just think they're, they're, um,
0: I expect a big run from the Capitals to come up here. A pretty good schedule for them as well. All right, there we go. A Washington Capitals team total over three and a half, a best bet uh, for Andrew McGuinness. My best bet's going to be New Jersey, Montreal over the total, uh, over six minus 120, Uh, is still out there at multiple spots, Uh, two teams that are out of the playoffs, two teams that have very, very shaky defense and goaltending. It goes without saying, and I think both teams can do enough offensively to get that game up and over the total. Also, not only both teams trending over for the most part in the last, I would say, five to 10 games, but also series history, New Jersey, Montreal, largely been over. Uh, in the last few head-to-head meetings as well. So Devils, Canadians, over six, minus 120 for my best bet for this Tuesday, NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone uh, in the chat for joining us live on YouTube. Hit the like button uh, on the way out if you haven't done so already. And a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern as well as Saturday and Sunday at noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast whenever you can't watch the show live. For Andrew McGinnis, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.